everyone. Welcome to episode 413. I am your co-host, Jessica Kupferman. Sorry if I'm shouting. With me, as always, my lovely co-host wearing the Vintage She Podcast shirt today, Elsie Escobar. I love that shirt. It is... I kind of miss those days where I just slapped a pair of headphones on a font and called it a logo. Actually, this is probably one of the best executions of a... Of a... a podcast logo the podcast logo that i've seen ever and also the way that these headphones are laying on top of the p for those of you who don't can't see i can't do this weirdly in my we can see it i can see it yeah it's amazing because it's not so cheesy like there are now this is not a cheesy design it's not it's super cute are you saying that that it's art that this is cheesy? Our regular logo? No, cheesy? I'm saying the way that the headphone. Did you know? I'm talking about the headphones. I like the headphone. I know. I know. Yes, because there's everybody uses headphones and microphones for podcasting yeah, things, one. and they all look really like ugh, clip flat. art. This is not look, that. Yeah. This is super. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. It's super. Yeah. The way that it's done, it's awesome. Thank so anyway, you. it's very good. Thank you very much for your compliment. Hi, everyone. We are going to have some fun today. We're going to talk about the Podcast Marketing Trends 2023 survey from the Podcast Marketing Academy. Before we do, though, I just want to know, do you feel that you have oppositional defiance? Yes or no? I feel that I am very on the cusp of it, and it does pop up a lot. Have you ever been getting along and everything is hunky-dory? I mean, I know you have children. So that can't always be the case. But like, have you ever Mm -hmm. just been wandering around in your life and like everything is fine, but you just need to rebel against something? I don't have that need. No. I wonder if this is, so I was feeling this very strongly last night and maybe it was because my in-laws were here. And when you have in-laws visit you, at least for me, if they say something you don't agree with, this this particular set of in-laws if you don't agree, it can go badly. You have to be very mm-hmm. careful what you say. So like, I'm never argumentative, but I do say, oh yeah, well, here's what happened. And that's why, like, for example, my brisket didn't come out again. And mm-hmm. my sister-in-law was like, what happened to your brisket? Why are we having these issues? Like I, mm-hmm. she says, we're not on the same brisket journey. <laughs> okay. But, you know, I was trying to explain to her that her mom keeps getting in my head because every time I make a brisket, she comes down and tells me I'm doing it all wrong. Wrong pan, wrong temperature, wrong cut of meat, wrong way to do it, wrong sauce. And so okay. she's like, she's like, she has mind fucked me into not being able to make a brisket. It was okay. Only half of it was perfect. The other half was like, could have been better. So anyway, at the end of this evening, I was like, God, I really need to have an argument with someone. Like, I just need it. I just need to be like... There was just so much to be let out. And then I thought this has to be oppositional defiance because because someone told me what to do all day and I ignored oh. it. I didn't stick up for myself because really there's no point. Like I don't need – I'm not saying I let someone trample on me. I'm saying if you know someone well enough, you know that there's no point in arguing the same point over and over. It's like wearing a ja- – like for her, it's like wearing a jacket if it's cold out. If you don't wear yeah. a jacket when it's cold out, you may as well just dig your own grave and throw yourself in it because you're going to die shortly. That's like mm-hmm. how, like, yeah. like Scott too. If you're not wearing a jacket, oh, and if you have a wet head, I mean, just let me etch the tombstone while you're out. Death is imminent if you go out with a wet head. It's not that I have to be the one to tell everyone what to do all the time. It's just that sometimes I just want to be like, I don't know. It made me want to shave my head. That's how rebellious I was feeling. And I just wanted to know like what, 
what are some tips when you guys like if you have oppositional defined like I a lot of my career and the things that I'm best at involve bucking a system, going against the grain, breaking rules, telling, giving people permission to do things outside of normal societal boundaries, like podcasting about this or, you know, like mm -hmm. that is my greatest skills. But it also was biting me in the ass because like I really get along well with my husband and my kid acted so nicely all day yesterday. <laughs> so like, I had no one to be like, just stop it. But at the mm. end of the day, I was like twitching, twitching, I tell you. Have you ever felt that? Like you just. I don't just, ever have like the true. need to the way that you're consciously calling yourself out. I've never seen that. But with me, the way that it shows up is the opposition comes in the middle of somebody else's thought. I do this to you all the time. Like you're explaining something to me and then I will say, no, 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 not like that. Where. Mm. You're actually saying what I'm going to say, but I oh. like I fight pre even the thought being done. I want to hear what you have to say. I don't consider that to be a thing to rebel against. No, but because, I'm that's ahead, what sorry. I'm saying. Like I'm I'm oppositional in that sense. Like if Fran says, you know, we're leaving at six o'clock. This is I don't ever do this, but I'm just. Call, I'm doing example, something basic right. as an example. He'll say like, we're leaving at six, six o'clock and then I'll go like, well, no, uh, 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 six o'clock. Did you not think about yeah. four? Yeah. And he's like, I did because of X, Y, and Z. And then I go, oh, okay. My first instinct is to say no, like, no, no. Okay. No. You're Scott. Yeah. I'm That's tired what I, of hearing. I'm also tired of hearing no. I'm a no first. Even though I'm going to say yes, I, I, you know what it is? It's like, I want to be, yeah, it's a control thing. Like I want to be ready to to like, if I'm on the horse, I'm the one that wants to go, let's go, let's gallop versus mm -hmm. I don't want somebody to hit my horse and have me go before I'm ready. Well, I think most people don't like that. So I, I that's the, the no thing is exactly what I picked a fight about. I chose to pick a fight about the fact that. Anytime there's an idea brought to my husband, the first thing he says is no. Even if it's plausible, he doesn't yeah. want to think about it. He doesn't want to consider options. He just says no. So this is what I chose to get mad about. I was like, mm. you can't just be the no guy unless you have other ideas. I said, you can't just never have an idea of what to do. Like, I'm the one that thinks up shit we do on the weekends or has people over and makes plans with friends. Like, hi, Cheryl. I'm the one that does that stuff. So, like, it's annoying when you're always the one thinking up an idea and someone's like, now nah, we can't do it. No, there's not, you know, like, as if I haven't thought of all the reasons why we couldn't. Right. Like, I'm not stupid. I'm not just like, hey, let's go tattoo our elbows today. Like, I've thought it's like going to a museum. He'll have to say no because it's raining. It's like, don't you don't think I've thought of that? Anyway, this is what I it, it felt very oppositional for no reason. Like, that's not really an argument that you have with someone. But sometimes we're just getting along so well, I can't take it. Yeah, I don't I don't know what to tell you about that one. Cause I'm I, trying I, to fight with him. I just need, like, some push and pull sometimes. Yeah, that makes I don't no need, sense. I don't like it. I don't like the confrontation part. I don't like having. And my resistance isn't when my nose come out. They are not always aggro nose. Like, bah! usually it's like a quiet underscore. Mm -hmm. Like. No, I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to tell you and I'm not going to do it. <laughs> That's passive aggressive. But yeah. yeah. 
Yeah. I mean, you and I don't even have any arguments. Like, we've had all our arguments. We've argued about parenting. We've argued about traveling. We've argued about living on a mountain. We've argued about living with my in-law. Like, we have had all the arguments. I mean, if if there was anything to argue about, we've had it. We've said it. We've done it. What What is left? I know you so well and have accepted every single part of you at this point after 10 years that, like, I can't challenge you on anything because I know exactly why you do everything. But then I will also push back on all the things, even when it's sometimes I'll still push back on it all. But anyway, regardless, though. But yes. Anyway, if you guys are watching or listening and you have an idea as to how to, you know, how to like deal with unbridled oppositional defiance, (laughs) then let me know, because I I do want to move on to today's topic. But I just thought it was interesting because, you know, all day long we tell ourselves to like push ahead, move forward, be brave. But like, if there's nothing to rebel against, like, yeah, you know, like, I, I mean, and I'm not saying like, oh, there's plenty to rebel against in the world. I'm not talking about that. There's plenty for me to argue about in the world. But in my own little life, I need like a, we're not going to take it every day, single day. Or like I get itchy. <laughs> oh gosh, anyway. No. All right. Okay. 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 Patrick says retire. I'm into that. I wish I could. And two, medication. I mean, maybe I just need to have that looked at, I guess. I don't know. I do take medication for all kinds of things. Not really. It's anxiety, depression, and ADHD. It's the Jew trio is anxiety, depression, the and Jew ADHD. Jew trio. Yeah. The only thing I'm missing is well, like a, is like a probiotic because Jews also typically wait. have terrible, terrible stomach issues. But because of anxiety, usually, and depression and everything else. Go ahead, you were saying? Oh, my God. No, I, I can't. You can't claim it. Can you claim it to be that? Because I think everybody has a little bit of that. Not everybody. Like, I'm not going to say, like, all of us have that trio. But, yeah, I mean, that's a thing. I have always heard jokes about Jews having asthma because we have big noses. Post, you know, post-nasal drip all the time. Every Jewish woman has got an allergy to something they don't know what it is. Like, my mom at every vacation would be sick to her stomach over what she said was garlic. Who knows what it could be? It could have just been IBS. It could have been. I mean, every Jew I know has stomach issues. It's true. At some point or another. I mean, I, I hear what you're saying. I shouldn't stereotype, but it is a common stereotype, whether you know it or not, I think. Anyway, okay. I wouldn't call this a tech tip. So what would you call it? Uh, the news? Trends? For what? Because I know. Because, you know, I like when John does like a jingle. Oh, oh. The news you can use. For the informed podcaster, podcasting news. This could be news. News from the Podcast Marketing Academy. Yes. And that is the marketing trends. Oh, Jeremy Enns. Sorry. Jeremy Enns. It's his baby. Marketing trends of 2023. You know who else does a really good marketing trends of 2023? If you get addicted to this and you need more, you should go to socialmediaexaminer.com because they mm-hmm. usually have a really big survey where they interview all kinds of social media um, advisors and managers and schedulers and ask them what they're doing in their companies and what they plan to do. And it's really interesting. But this is, you know, we're talking about podcasters right now. Okay, off we go. Yeah, but this is probably one of the first times that I've seen something like this happen for podcasting because a question that comes up all the time about 
podcasting is, you know, what are the best practices in marketing your podcast? What are the best practices or what should I be doing to grow my audience and all that kind of stuff? And we all have great ideas. I mean, we can rattle off all kinds of ways for you to market your podcast, like the thing that you do. There's all so many different ways. But what we've never really looked at as an industry is what's it's that transference between the what you're doing marketing wise and whether or not it is working as in growing your audience and or whatever the goal is that you have for your podcast. Nobody really knows that. Like there's no definitive data that shows if you, let's say, post five tweets a day with a link to what? It's going to get you more listeners. That's not there. And so Jeremy created this amazing survey. It was very in-depth, by the way. I think when I took it, it took about 10 minutes or more to put stuff in. It was very key. The, The questions that were asked were very specific about marketing practices, about size of the audience, money invested, size of your podcast, how long you've had it. Like, so that he really aligned the context. And another thing that I love about it is that he highlights the smaller podcast. And he also got a lot of information from those really big podcasts out there. And so he was able to even look at correlations between maybe the amount of money that was being invested, teams and download numbers to see what the difference was between those larger versus the smaller. And that is so good because we always go like, but that's only for the big guys, right? Yeah. That yeah. only works for the big podcasters. And so we've got data that I shows mean, yeah, that stuff is, there. It's an easy thing to say to blow off what's not working for you or what you think you're doing right, even though you're doing it wrong. Yeah. So yeah. You know what would be really great is, do you want to share the screen so okay, that people can sure. see? That way people can see, because this first graph that's on there is so like, whoa. So there were 521 respondents with a total of 300 million downloads across all 521 and over 30,000 episodes across yeah. all 51, five, five, two, one respondents. Okay. They divided the segments into over 10K, up to 10K, and up to 1K. Yes, that's the what I wanted to show you. The downloads per episode per month, because you can definitely see Yo. that there's like... So many more. You know what I mean? Like people keep always like, I don't know if I'm doing so good. I'm not getting the downloads. Look at this graph. Yeah. Only one four out of 500 people are getting over 20,000. Yeah. And this is even pretty one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten between 10 and 20. It's not a lot, you guys. It means that it's not a lot. It it means it's not a lot. I know. Look at like the 100 to 400 400, to 40%, right? That's the place that you need to be kind of paying attention to. And and that's why if you have, I guess the key thing that I want everybody that is into podcasting or getting into podcasting to recognize that when you are producing your content, you cannot have expectations that you are going to have a launch like the Barbie launch. 
Yeah, because what what I feel happens is what do I need to do to get my launch? Like when I put my podcast out, like how am I going to grow my audience? And they're thinking they're going to do Barbie. They're thinking they're going to hit that bar. Like that's how they're going to get Barbenheimer. They're going to do the Barbenheimer like launch and everybody's going to be talking about it. And it's going to be just like that. And they don't realize that the majority of people It's going to be like that YouTube video that just popped out of nowhere. And you're like, oh, yeah. And, you know, the Barbie people have been planning for the launch. There's a team behind that. Whereas most of us are like, it's just us. It's just us thinking of like, thank God I published an episode today versus. Yeah. What are you going to be publishing in, you know, Q5 or Q5? Q5, which doesn't Q5, exist. exactly. There's now more pressure to post in Q5 than ever yes. before. <laughs> anyway, yeah, I, I think that that's one of the key components there. Okay. So I don't think we need to go through the methodology. I'm like, that's a little bit okay. kind of boring. This is interesting, though. 82.5% were creators. Only 24 were executives. 43 were actual marketing professionals. 58 were marketing production or support agencies. That's great. 5% are freelance. So the majority are just podcasters. Yes. The majority are just podcasters or people who are helping people produce a podcast and or market the podcast. Right. Right. Majority of those creators are, have a podcast to either build an audience or to grow their personal brand and authority. So that's like almost half. So that's half, right? Right. That's 4%. Yeah. That tracks to all the things there. So this here, 25%, this is their business model. So 25% coach, 20% freelancer, 13% advertising, and so on. And if you think about that, there is a lot of like the coach and consultant, freelance and service providers. So that's like something that people are going to be hiring you to do, right? Right. I'm not sure what 13%, oh, advertising. So the 13% is those folks who are banking on making money from their through podcast That's right. through advertising, the end. And the nonprofit, that's a big one there. It looks like agency. What was, What does that mean? Oh, like meaning getting your podcast out and hoping people hire your agency to work with them? 8% of people have an agency as their business model. So they might be... Um, it might not be any of the creators. It might just be someone who's housing a bunch of shows so they can sell advertising. Although I don't know why that's different from this. Why that's yeah. that different from the 13% that are doing advertising. I don't know. But he also, they didn't split the people who create versus the people who support creators. So that could just be that they're support oh, and oh, not oh. creation. Right, right. Okay. Right. Then there's the audience funded other. I don't oh. know what other might be. I was wondering what that was because it's high. And other smaller little things right there. I think so other you could can... be membership, merch. I don't see any of that on here. Right. And then part of it is this is based on 392 answers. So I think that there's a lot of maybe that it is. Did, where is it? DTC physical products. I don't know what exactly Direct that is. Direct to consumer, which could be like TikTok shop. It could be that or and or it could be that merch. Like, I mean, you know, all of those things come under some of of yeah, this that's probably true I guess that's and true. as of what i've seen too not one person lately the ones that are successful that i've seen the ones that are thriving now they do at least three of these mm-hmm. and that's how they're doing it. it's not one 
there's very few that do it off of the one thing. But for most, it's at least three of uh, ways to make money. Okay, so yes, podcasting experience. The average is 4.3 with seven years experience being the ones that get the most downloads. Which would make sense. And the three and the least, least amount of experience, the ones that get the smallest amount of downloads. That makes sense, but I don't know. That might be just a coincidence. What do you think? Uh, I think it makes sense because think about it this way. If you've been podcasting like you and I have, what? how many podcast episodes do we have? 413. Okay. Well, somebody who just started a weekly podcast is probably going to have around 100. Yeah, but we've so been pretty consistent. Just in that, 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 uh, that's what I'm saying. Just in that. Yeah. Making sure... You have all of that time to build an audience. So the longer you've been around, the bigger your audience is. That's really just what it's showing on here. Oh, marketing proficiency. This was one that I really loved that he asked Mm -hmm. because it's something that I think a lot of podcasters don't really. I think this shows it. Yeah. They don't consider themselves skilled at marketing. Which makes sense to me because why should you? Just because you know how to do a show about ghosts doesn't mean you're a marketing ways. Marketing is a skill people go to actual college for. So, yeah, I think this makes good. At least it's good to know that they know that they're not born with the ability to know how to do marketing. Exactly. Yeah. All right. Totally. Unlike other content creation most data is not publicly acceptable. So we've assembled a series of marketing benchmarks we've been waiting years to have ourselves. Okay. The average show gets 421 downloads with an average of 1,425 per month. This is the average, though, not, you know, including those little shows and the big ones. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Do you think that's even accurate? I don't even know if that's accurate. I think it, well, it's not, it doesn't matter whether or not it's not accurate or not. This is a survey. <laughs> True. The average amount of episodes published are between four and five because it's all like 4.46, 4.68. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. So their takeaways, you know, they say there's a dip in September for downloads in October, which goes against the common notion summer's the slow season. Our suspicion people would have so much going on in September that podcast gets put, pushed down the list. That is probably true. Annual trend of per month aligns with our respondents self-reporting with the average person saying they published more this year than the previous year. Interesting. Hmm. Where do we see? Okay. So here's the whole year. Oh, I see. Yeah. Every. Okay. So for downloads. Yeah. There's a big dip in September. It's not that big. It's 20 people. Yeah. But it it goes up and down. Yeah. Yeah. December to January. That has everything to do with the health. People will start to listen to fitness podcasts. I got to get my men- I got to get my shit together, and they'll start listening to everything: how yeah. to be a better person, how to have better mental health, how to have better physical health, how to draw, how to paint, how to be a good parent. Yep, and then you all know, the things. It all then, starts. And then there. look how low it is in February. Fuck that shit. That's what we say right here. Yeah. <laughs> yep. No, thank you. We're done. Bye bye. Okay. Uh, this, right, moving right along. The month over month podcast growth rate is the thing that I really want to talk about. If this? you, this isn't growth. This is just... no, no, no. When you keep going, keep going. All right, yeah, okay. Here we go. How does the typical show grow? 
of all the questions we had going in, this is the biggest. The growth rate mm-hmm. allows you to calculate how many new people you can expect to bring in each month, which allows you to assess the f- effectiveness of your marketing, make better. Yeah. And this decisions. is something that when I work with people, I generally will tell them, I would say 3%, like month over month, that was amazing. Like you were doing amazing. You are doing amazing. That's a good like goal to look for. That's kind of what I, where I was um, gearing up whenever I work with people. And I'm just so excited to be able to see this in front of me because it helps me know what that is, or it helps me be able to back up that for anybody. But I want you to look at the context that he wrote on this too, that it says, so a percentage point, you're going to look at that and go, I don't even know what that means. So if you have, and I love that he put the context down here, if you have 500 downloads per episode per month, let's say that's your podcast, that means that in order for you to grow 1.62% for the next month, you would have 10 more downloads. Okay. That's it, y'all. 10 more downloads. That's it. That's it. Month over month. If you're doing well and you're being consistent. So don't think that all of a sudden you're going to be like the most famous podcaster ever. If this is the median month over month growth rate, the median when everything's going okay. How many of you just threw your pencils across the room? (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> because you can only grow at one point one percent, almost two percent a month. It's probably very frustrating to hear. Oh my gosh, yeah. And there also there are other ways to grow though. Correct. But I think that the other thing is job. too, the bigger you are, the less you grow. Especially look at the there's a little thing here, guys, that it's like a little blue and point it says point five seven percent. Oh yes, you're right. So that little point five seven percent is for those that are getting more than ten thousand downloads per episode per month. Yeah. So that means that the growth, the month over month growth of that, it's it's very small. Yeah. So <laughs> when your teams are going like, Well, we need to just be growing, blah, 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 blah. And you're trying to justify the existence of your podcast that is getting over 10,000 downloads per episode per month, you must be able to turn around and go, y'all, we cannot guarantee what you're asking for because it's not going to happen. If we're measuring downloads only, it's not going to happen. I don't know what story people are telling. I also don't know what I hope that consultants out there and coaches out there aren't telling people whatever their expectations are in terms of what this podcast is going to do for you. But you've got to step into creating a podcast, sustaining a podcast and marketing your podcast with eyes wide open and to recognize that the growth that you're going to be experiencing isn't whatever you are thinking in your own head. It's way less than that. And you're going to have, in terms of downloads, terms of downloads. It doesn't even mean it won't help you achieve the goals you're trying to achieve. Exactly. It still will. Yes, 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 yes. So you don't have to really worry about this. People are worried about this every day. You can worry a lot less about it. Because like, for example, Stacey Sims, who's one of our speakers at She Podcast Live in Orlando, is going to teach everyone how to do sponsorship with a small show. She doesn't get more than like 250, 300 per episode, but she's got advertisers booked for the next like two years. It does not affect your success rate. 
Yeah, it does not affect your success rate. And and the thing is, though, it's just that's what I'm saying. It's like people, when they start to think about downloads per episode per month, they are 100 percent dreaming into the idea of I'm going to get sponsors now and it's just going to be turnkey and I don't ever have to work. I, I'm just going to do my show and I'm not even going to have to work. And that is not even if you do have the numbers to have a company and or support from a to be able to sell advertising on your show. That takes a lot of work. I think yeah. that Jess can tell you that managing sponsors, making sure you get the reports to them, making sure that you're doing the the right talking points, making sure that you're managed like it's a whole thing it's a whole thing yep it's hard it can be hard work it's can yes it's like an additional job yep. on top of the job you already have of putting out your podcast in fact most people when they start to get advertisers this is around the time they go i gotta outsource something here. yes is right when you start to get advertisers so i always recommend the thing that you hate the most is the thing that you outsource so like if you love editing but you hate getting ads you know, find, you know, find an agent or something or join a network. If you um, like finding your own sponsors, but you hate editing, get an editor, get a producer, get someone else. But like, yeah, this is, it's, it's, it adds a lot to an already steaming pile of things to do. <laughs> yep. Let's look at the annual growth rate here. So the annual growth rate you can start to see there the median is 21%. So your expectations of year over year growth for the context for both most of us who are, I'm, lo I'm looking at the smaller because that's the majority, right. you know, that's the majority 5, of the, of the right. yeah. So if it is a 5,000 downloads for the year, let's say you get for your show, you got 5,000 downloads for the year, getting 21% growth rate year over year would be, 6,350 downloads for the next year. So if you think about that growth, you can really start to understand where you fit and you can assign the value of that number, the appropriate value for what you're trying to achieve in podcasting. Because if that's like going to make you quit, then might as well do it now, y'all, because it's this isn't going to change. Don't like, torture this, yourself. This is it. Yeah, this is it. And so, but if you have other goals, because there's so many other things, like Jess was talking about, there's so many other value, valuable points to doing a show. There's so yeah, much. This has no bearing on your influence whatsoever. Yes, absolutely. None. This Zilch. is just showing you numbers so that you can make appropriate decisions based on what you need to present, sell, position yourself with, design business, a business around something that isn't necessarily download centric. Like there's so many different things that you can do for this, but yeah, that is something for you to kind of think about it. So do you want to look at the takeaway, Jess, and see what they said about the takeaway? Okay. The growth rate benchmarks are a little depressing. They say there is a bright side, which is that if you've been frustrated with the growth of your show, it's not just you. Yay. More than, <laughs> more than anything, these benchmarks reinforce the idea that cross-platform creators and marketers have known for a while, which is it's a challenging medium to build an audience. That's not to say no That's one's figured thing. out how to grow, which is what we're getting into next. Yes. Yeah. It, it's frustrating because it's not like, t it's not TikTok. There's no. Right. Correct. Yeah. Nobody. Correct. 
Like in TikTok, you can become famous because it'll just start serving you videos. Like there's no service that's like, you'll like this episode. What about this episode? Like it takes so much more mental power to listen. So yeah. it's going to be a slower grow because it's a slower, I want to say accumulation. What's the word? Yeah, I know that that's- Acclimation that's a, maybe? No, no, no. It's, I know what the word is. I say it, I, I, I know. The intake, it. the mental intake takes longer. It requires more of your brain energy. Therefore, it's going to be long. Moving on. I'm sorry. Oh, my. Look at this. Annual growth rate. Half our respondents managed to outperform the median. One in five doubled their downloads over a one-year span. But if that's from 40 to 80, it's not that impressive. No offense. Yeah, but still, though, I mean, it is, if you look at those percentages, and now in terms of the likelihood, I think that he he calls it out what I mentioned before, that that in fact, the larger you grow, the harder it is to keep growing. I think yeah. that that's something for you to think True. about. Yes. And the more likely you are to actually lose listeners, which is something that I've talked about a lot with, with a lot of folks as of late also, because there is almost nothing that any one of us is still doing that we've always done. If you think about it that way, meaning that TV show yeah, that you were true. really into that whatever new makeup you were using, you probably are using a different one. Yeah. There's a new, you know, there's so many things that there's, there are very few things that we're consistently doing still. And it, it usually is a little bit more meaningful to us. It's something that's very, very personal. And it, and it is a commitment. Like, you know, hopefully you're still, you're still in your kids' lives or you're, you know, you're still talking to your parents or, you know, things like that, that are, I guess, the more consistent in life. But most of the time we stop doing those things. Like we yeah. usually go like, remember when I was really into Game of Thrones and all the TV <laughs> shows and, and then watch and reading all the books and, listening to all those podcasts about Game of Thrones, like, I'm not doing that anymore. No, but yeah, all right. I hear you. Yep. So why would we expect that that's going to, that we're, it's just going to continue to growth. I think that that's, especially in podcasting, those little dots, like there's a screen in the screen right now, for those of you who um are listening, there's like little dots that are all over the map. Like if there's a bunch of, little dots up and down, up and down in between all clustered together all by themselves on the corner. Like that's podcast growth. And I yeah. like the way um, Patrick just said, I miss exciting days of everyone thinking they're, they're way bigger than they are. Yeah. <laughs> that's because IAB gave us a reality check. Yeah. But it's, I think that people believe that podcast growth is a straight, like it, the graph is just one line slowly moving upward on one side. And that's yeah, not, not the way no. podcast growth isn't like that. It's In fact, peaks. we got 5,000 downloads on one episode last month. And I can't for the life of me figure out where they came from, why it was so many. Why was it that one episode? What did we even do? I have no clue. Nothing. It just, that's what you can't, you can't, and you can't recreate. There's, it's very it's hard to someone recreate. Someone mentioned us somewhere and there you go. Yeah, That's all, usually, it's very right? hard to recreate that. And the whole point is, do they come back, right? The, our whole point would have been, we got 5,000 downloads on that one episode and they decided, oh my gosh, even if it was 10% of those people that wanted to then now subscribe and or follow our show, you would have seen an overall rise. But usually it's just a, t it's a, it's just a toke. <laughs> 
It's just a toke. A toke. It's just a toke. Okay. You toked. 68% grew their listenership by any amount. That's something. 21% double. I think that 32. the cross-platform thingy-majigger, I think, would be really good because that's when people have the LinkedIn's, the Instagram's, the Twitter, the X Twitter, TikTok, YouTube. Mm, you know what I mean? In terms of the cross-platform audience sizes there. Interestingly, in here, it said of the 521 respondents, only one indicated that they were not active on any other mm. marketing platforms, which means that wonder why the majority of them are active in a lot more, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. So there is supplementary content platforms that you have, and that's how part of that starts to go up. So they had a, also a mean and median follower subscriber count for each platform and then in the data set here. And it looks like there's a lot, at least according to this, there's a lot of people that are like on LinkedIn. <laughs> yes. I mean, I have a I'm ton like, of people that follow me on LinkedIn. I don't know most of them. Well, that's good because Is it? that's the point. You get an opportunity to reach another audience, right? Yeah, let me see. What What is it like the key takeaway in terms of like cross-platform audience by show size that he said? He said... Mid shows have the largest non-podcast platforms, except for TikTok and YouTube where bigger shows had huge audiences. Yeah. It's interesting. Very interesting. I mean, I believe that too. Because again, TikTok just feeds it to you. It does. It is ridiculous how it also, gets I noticed, to be. I noticed Facebook's not on here. That's strange. That is strange. And you know what? It's really funny in there because he mentions there it's ridiculously hard to convert those followers into podcast listeners, which is true. It is. It's true. It is. It's uh huh. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Totally. <laughs> this is true. Um, move on or no? I think that we're going to have to pick one more thing because we're going to have to like wrap. I want to be able to talk through. Uh, she podcast live. So, oh, yeah, right. Okay. Let's look at. I kind of want to. Let me see. There's got to be. There's something about the money invested in marketing in here. I could say, oh, wait. Okay, hold on. Let me find it. By the way, you guys, while we're looking through all of these things and kind of futzing around, you really do need to look at this stuff. You really need to look at these numbers so that you understand where you fit in and what that looks like for you as you align your new goals, especially for 2024 and or not even new goals, but maybe iterate on some goals. So what are you looking to do with your show based on act on some of this data? Mind you, it's still like a little bit over 500 people responded to this, which is still not a huge amount of people, but it really gives you an idea of what the reality is and what it takes to market and grow your show. Yeah. Did you find something super no. amazing? Oh, the no. monthly. Oh, yeah. The monthly, monthly podcasting budget. Talk about that, Jess. Yeah. So it looks like the bigger the show, the bigger the budget. Are we mm. surprised? I hope not. Mm. Total budget, $500 a month for the smaller under 0% growth. They spent $99 a month. People who got about up to 20% have an overall budget of 700 a month and they're paying at least 76 on marketing. Oh, see that? Okay, look mm -hmm. at that. Okay, wait a minute. I, I am reading this wrong. Let me go back. Yeah. 
Let me start at the top, okay? The largest shows have a budget of 1,200, 25% of which is going to market. It says 29%, okay? 29% of which is going to marketing. The next highest level show, which is 21% to 100% growth, got a total budget of 750 and 20% of that goes to marketing. It's about 158. And then it goes on from there. So in other words, even though the smallest shows have 20% going to marketing, it's 20% of $500. Mm-hmm. It's not a lot. They do say there's one high growth category that had a budget of 70 of 17,000 and it skewed the whole group. That that's annoying. But without that show, everyone else mostly had a budget of 480 and even that is some of it is like editing and stuff. Does that mean we need to invest more marketing? I mean, what do you think? Um, I think it says that I know I I like the fact that at the bottom he says, "Well, there's no denying that having a budget can make it easier on the host." It's clearly not everything when it comes to growth. Right. So I think that, you know, with all the conversations around AI and making things more streamlined and easier, there is a difference between having a tool that makes something easier for you to do and a plan. (laughs) Right. You know what I mean? Like you can do the things like you can have a checklist and go check, 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 like wrote five social posts, made three reels, sent email. Yeah. You know, updated the thing, published episode. What are you doing, though? Those are just tasks. It's like a task list. And great. You did it. Now what? Right. That that now Now what what? is the part that you can't really know what that is until you you sit down and you do the work around your show, your expectations around your show. How are you going to take inventory of the things that you've done and didn't do? How are you going to make decisions moving forward? What are you going to do if it's not working? Are you going to pivot? Are you going to, you know, all those things, which actually, Jessica, this is a fantastic way for us to shift into our next conversation. This is exactly what I'm going to be having people do at She Podcast Live. So I have a session. It's it's called Podcast Kaigi, which is based on actually the journaling community that does something called Techo Kaigi, which is Techo means journal and Kaigi means meeting. And it's like a meeting with your journal in the journaling community. But we're going to have be having a meeting with our podcast. So you just think of it as an opportunity for you to do this work, the work that we are just thinking about, like what is it that your goals are for next year or not even next year, maybe just for like the the first three months of the year, or maybe you want to work on April through July. Maybe it isn't just right out of the gate, but we're going to really think about what it is that you want to do. I'll have the prompts. You'll sit down and you'll write things down. So it is a working session where you get to work with in a group, in a room full of people who are be working alongside with you to be able to do this stuff because ultimately no one knows really what you need to do with your podcast. Including you. Including you. (laughs) And being able to test things out. I know for me, I've gone through this and I'm still like, it takes so much like doing, looking at your stats, making sure like, where are the people coming from? Should we do a little brand redo? Like, is there visually something I need to do? But also thinking like, okay, should I invest my time redoing my visual brand and or making sure people know they can hire me for coaching. Like, what's the most important thing? Do you want money in the bank right now? Or do you want to just look nice? Like, what's the next step that is 
is going to get you the results that you want and really questioning it for yourself. And also, I think the other layer for the way that I'm approaching this too is that it's not a lean back scenario. It's more of a, you need to think, (laughs) do the work and see how it aligns with your actual life. Because that's another part that a lot of people don't really talk about. Do you have kids in the house that are tiny? Do you have tiny babies in the house? Do you have like, what's your, what's going on with your bandwidth in terms of the actual bandwidth, like the connectivity that you have? When do you have an opportunity is, do you have, you know, show guests coming in to your show? Do you have older parents that are living with you now? Are you going to be having a move in, you know, July and you're going to be, don't know where you're going to be? Are you traveling at some point? Like all of these things are life stuff that are the number one reason people pod fade, the live stuff, changes in your life. You're getting a divorce. You went through a breakup. You had a baby. You lost somebody in your life. You've lost your job. All of those big things are the things that stop you from podcasting. And it's, it, I'm not saying you have to push through it, but you have to go in it with eyes wide open to be able to go, you know what? I'm not going to be able to do an interview show the way that I thought because... I just don't have, I don't, I can't. So, okay. It is the hardest one, by the way. So what do you do? You know, like, that's the point. Like, what do you do? Do you want to do some solo shows? Do you want to do 12 episodes instead of once a week and just do once a month? Do you want to get your, there's so many different. So those are the questions I would like to pose for you to think through. So when you leave She Podcast Live, you have at minimum put the seeds in your brain to start to move forward in the plans that you want for yourself in 2024. Anyway, but I'm not the only one that's speaking. So you tell everybody else. (laughs) Tell what everyone else is speaking on. Perfect. Yeah. All the rest of the things that are happening. Yeah. Yeah. And we're doing this just so you know, because this is actually our last episode of the year. So we'll be back in 2024. But before we do that, I desperately want to tell you about She Podcast Live Unplugged, as Elsie was saying. It's six different in-person workshops, hands-on workshops, not sessions, workshops. So, um, <clears throat> and not in this order. I've, I have been promoting it in alphabetical order, not necessarily the order of the day, but Alana Bauman is going to be doing TikToks for Dummies 2.0. She has been killing it on TikTok with her podcast, She Well Read. And uh, I can't wait to hear like all her little tricks. I will tell you, she has mentored me a little bit on TikTok and she knows every strategy. She studies every trick, how the algorithm changes, everything. So you guys are going to get to learn all of that. And then let's see who comes next after a lot about it. I think it's you, Elsie. You just said what you were going to do, the podcast, Kaigi. And then um, we've got me. I'm next in line <laughs> alphabetically. I'm actually going to do a session about how to be funny, how to be funnier. It is somewhat formulaic. You can mathematically, oh, I shouldn't have said math, I know, but like you can actually mathematically add comedy to almost everything you do and it's appropriate and it and it catches the eye and it helps grow the audience. So I'm going to teach, we're going to do some joke writing, which believe <laughs> it or not, will really help your podcast. And then um, again, not in this order, Hillary Russo is going to do how to retrain your brain. So in other words, in the moment when... 
you're in an awkward conversation or if you're podcasting and, you know, like a lot of us talk to people who have sad stories or, you know, emotional, I want to say dumpage, <laughs> but it's not as bad as all that because we're asking them to tell their story. But, you know, sometimes it can hurt our little souls in there. So Hillary is going to teach us how to bring ourselves back around so that, in a you know, into a positive mental health space. And she's actually starting the day with us like doing a havening with us getting in the right mindset and focus for like the whole weekend. So it's going to be great. Robin Sales, um, who's a professional speaker and, you know, business coach, she is going to talk to us about AI, how AI can amplify your podcast experience. And I mean, you know that if you've been listening here that I play with AI a lot, um, but, you know, she says, think of the AI tools as a lineup of skilled musicians, each proficient in their own instrument, ready to harmonize and elevate your podcast. I love that. She's going to show us a bunch of tools and, um, you know, show us how AI can lift, you know, being organized, production, promotion, um, so that you can just focus right on the content and not the other stuff you don't like to do. So I'm excited about that. And then Stacy Sims is going to do Get Your Show Sponsored, Essential Steps for Any Size Show. And I was talking about her earlier. She is the badass that has her show sold out months and months and months and months in advance, even though she doesn't get usually more than about 300 downloads an episode. And it's because what you're really selling is not your show. What you're really selling is your audience. And so she's going to teach you how to highlight that as your product. And it can be just your podcast audience or it can be all that social media that we were just talking about, all the podcasters with their extra social media accounts. You can you can do everything. So she's going to share everything in six years of selling ads. You're going to create a pitch while you're there. So that's what we're going to be doing in person, hands on while we're there. So I'm really excited. Also, the night before this mayhem, is an opening party sponsored by Libsyn. Um, and if you've been to our live shows before, you know that the opening Libsyn party is usually pretty fun and comes with glitter, flowers, and some other fun <laughs> things to wear on your head usually, which I love. And then after that day-long event, we're doing the Sonic Bloom Awards. And like we have, I forget how many categories, but we have finalists in all the categories and we're going to be presenting them with awards for the Golden Mike, Icon of the Year, and Best Industry helper and I'm drawing a blank on all the categories but if you want to see it it's sonicbloomawards.com and we're having this ceremony that night and we're going to be all very bright colored and fancy so we're really excited about that and then um you know and then the next day is podfest so if you want to stay for podfest you can go to podfestexpo.com but our website and where you should buy tickets for our show is shepodcast.com forward slash spl or if you have any questions, email info at shepodcast.com. We'll be happy to answer anything for you. The tickets are only $147. They are not expensive. There's nothing expensive about this trip. It's in Orlando, Florida. It's January 24-25 in Orlando, Florida, right before PodFest. Go to shepodcast.com slash, I couldn't think of the word, slash <laughs> SPL. And check it out. Um, and we're very excited to see you. Elsie will be there. I'll be there because we're teaching. And um, it's going to be really fun. Yay! Yay! On that note, I think we're going to close out the year with a 413 episodes and a little bit of a bad attitude, if you don't mind. <laughs> All right, then. Yep. So thank you guys so much, Patrick. Thank you for coming to every recording. I love you. Yes. We'll miss you until and we'll be back too. in January. We will be Although back. she had to bounce early. Happy <sighs> yeah. Merry Christmas, Cheryl. I think we're going to be back on the 8th. 
pretty sure. Um, so we will see you back on the 8th and have a wonderful, amazing, stress-free, peaceful holiday season. Be kind to yourself. Be kind to your family. And uh, we'll see you next year. Love you. I mean it. Bye. <laughs>